If you want to make an audiobook, go to thetalkingbook.org. That's thetalkingbook.org. Check out these amazing writers, narrators, indie publishers. Come to Asheville. We record books in a booth. Here's the show. Hey everyone, Chris Hartram here of the Talking Book Podcast. Uh, I've missed you. How is everyone? I'm good. Uh, we're all good here. Uh, how are you? Um, October is approaching. One of the best months. Easily the second best month. Um, it's almost the season of darkness and horror and death. And frankly, I can't wait. In honor of that, we've got uh, an awesome horror reading for you to get you amped up for the quickly approaching season of terror. But before that, uh, I wanted to let the locals know that the fabulous uh, Claire Hopple, fantastic writer, been on this show, is reading for us this Friday, September 16th, at something called Story Parlor, which is a thing in Asheville. It's a cooperative art space. It's an event. It's gonna be cool, so if you're in the area, please do come. It's from seven to 10, September, 7, September 16th this Friday, if you're listening to the show in time, if that even makes sense, if you're even in the city, uh, I'll be there, Dave will be there, and most likely even cooler people than us will be there, uh, like Claire. Um, but anyway, today, I have a badass reading from Ainsley Hogarth. Ainsley is the author of The Lonely and The Boy Meets Girl Massacre. Her new book, Mother Thing, is a literary horror novel about the perils of mental illness motherhood, and society's expectations on women. The story is told by a sharp narrator, Abby Lamb, who moves in with her husband and vindictive mother-in-law, Laura. And after Laura takes her own life, spoilers, just kidding, this says this on the book, Abby and her husband begin to experience hauntings, causing Ralph to plunge into his own deep depression and Abby to lose her grip on reality. Um, to say the least, it's a really spooky read. Um, it's actually awesome. It's going to be an October must read. That's my prediction. Mother thing. My prediction, October must read. So you must read it. But uh, if you don't believe me, here now is Ainsley Hogarth reading from her new novel, Mother Thing. We've had seven days to cram our grief into. Bereavement days, then back to work. It's nearly impossible to organize grief at all, let alone so it fits nicely into seven 24-hour units, especially when you're Ralph. Grieving a difficult single mother like Laura, and you need the first few 24-hour units to understand why you're so sad at all, and the remaining 24-hour units to tear the house apart, searching for an opal ring that you'll never, ever find. Calling the hospital, screaming for justice, hurling likely baseless legal threats at whoever answers the phone, then collapsing onto the living room couch, Defeated, definitely not ready to go back to work tomorrow. They cremated her without the ring, of course, and I felt so stupid and guilty that I nearly chewed my tongue off. I wish I could give him my bereavement days, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way, like so many things earned but not yours. On our last bereavement day, I make shepherd's pie for dinner. Once Laura claimed to have no idea what shepherd's pie was, and Ralph, shocked, explained it to her in great detail emphasizing every ingredient with the edge of his hand against the table. Potatoes, ground beef, carrots. Reminding her incredulously of a particular occasion in which he was certain, 
certain she'd even made it. I frowned as skeptically as I could get away with, knowing that this was all an act, a trick she performed, feigning ignorance of something common so she could be the focus of his great stunned attention, gently corroding his confidence in her ability to survive without him. I lift a strikingly perfect cube of pie from the dish and slide it onto Ralph's plate. Meat strata dense and rich and dark, carrots chopped painstakingly to the exact dimensions of the peas, potatoes whipped so thoroughly, peaked so uniformly, I feel a sudden pang of sadness that robots will never get to experience this kind of pride in their work. I step back, shoulders tense, waiting for the relief of Ralph's praise. Instead of being impressed by the near-mechanical perfection of my pie or charmed by my goofy, hopeful affect, he's filled with shame because he's not hungry at all and is now disgusted with himself for not being able to just say so instead of letting me go to all the trouble of making this extraordinary pie. Oh, Ralph, I ignore the spasm of revulsion he tries to hide when I squeeze his arm. It's fine. I pull my hand away, wipe the repulsiveness off on my shirt. I don't mind at all. Soon, 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 I'll sit down at the table and I'll walk toward him with a cool plate in my hand, lay it down in front of him. And there, across the center, a positive pregnancy test. He'll look up at me with tears in his eyes. Really? And I'll nod vigorously, smiling. And he's not sad anymore. He's a greedy mass of sentient joy, sucking me helplessly into his joy, spraying the house in bright, sparkling joy, transforming it into a place that's not so bad to live after all. I drag his plate towards me, eat both perfect pieces of shepherd's pie, hoping that the sound of my fork scraping against the plate reminds him that despite this meticulously executed pie, I am not a robot. Before bed, I let my fingers dance under the running tap and attempt to conjure enough heat to wash my face. The sink is plugged and filling. The shepherd's pie sits in me like a planet, every organ addled by its great fiery mass. I have a memory from a summer I barely saw my mother. The same summer she made me a house key and taught me how to use the microwave. For the first few weeks I played alone, nervous to encounter the kind of adult who might ask who I belong to. But over time I realized that no one cares. I let myself be absorbed by games of tag at the park. I accept a band-aid from a strange mother when I fall from the monkey bars and report the injury to no one when I get home that night. I join a crowd of toasted children to slurp hot water from a hose in an unattended yard. Joints scuffed and round as tennis balls kneeling in the grass. Everyone waiting their turn. A few weeks later, another crowd. Almost exactly the same except instead of waiting our turn to nurse from the glugging end of a hose, we're staring at a dog clipped by a speeding car, sputtering blood and waiting for someone to come and kill him with love. What's that? Ralph shouts from behind his mother's closed door. The sink is almost overflowing. I turn off the tap, open my mouth to respond. I didn't say anything, Ralph, for fuck's sake. But instead I plunge my face into the now uncomfortably warm sink. Feel my brain tingling, begging for oxygen while I think of the water we craved and the dog we found and the crowds they both drew that exhilaratingly lonely summer. That was a reading by Ainsley Hogarth from the new novel Mother Thing, out September 27th from Vintage, 
Go pre-order it. Go order it. Go get it. It's going to be badass. I'm going to leave links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much to Ainsley Hogarth for the reading. Hope it's not the last time you're on the show. Thanks to Vintage, the fine people of Vintage, for making this happen. Make sure you check out Story Parlor in Asheville on September 16th, if you hear this in time. If you want to read from your new book, check out thetalkingbook.org. That's thetalkingbook.org. We make audiobooks for publishers and authors and small presses and whoever wants. We also make this podcast uh, where I'm, I am I am now. My name is Chris Hartram, and uh, I'll see you at the movies. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I knew that you were there Like an angel Who has forsaken certainty Sleeping in the square I was lit Before I knew The storm was passing over And the wind blew